Well, shalom, my friends. It is good to have an opportunity to again come to you with the Word of God. And, and today I'm going to be coming to you with the section of Scripture from John chapter 14. You know, I often think about, uh, with regards to these podcasts, again, we're just starting out. And uh, I say we in the, in the very generous sense of the word, uh, I guess... Uh, I am just starting out in uh, trying to deliver uh, podcast messages that would be of encouragement and um, inspiration to those that are that are interested to to be in, or to be able to continue to listen to this. Of course, you're going to want to subscribe uh, to this, uh, and uh, one of the best ways uh, to do that um, is that whatever platform you're using to listen to uh, these podcasts, that you would that you would uh, make sure to hit the subscribe button. So um, today out of, out of John chapter 14, there are so many thoughts that I've had uh, in this regard. And by the way, even, even thoughts about how it is that we're producing, I'm producing these podcasts. First, I would love to have the opportunity to go deeper in the text with you. And part of the tension that I experience in this process is knowing how deep would be most beneficial to those that are listening. And so I want to encourage you that if if you are listening to these podcasts and you like right where they're at, or you, you, you like the, the inspirational aspect of them, then please uh, let me know. Uh, you can let me know at uh, pastorgene at att.net. Um, and uh, that would be a good way to, to let me know uh, what you think of the podcast. If you would like to have me spend a little bit more time in each section and break these down uh, a little bit deeper. I would love to do that as well. And, but I don't want to do so in, in such a way that it just becomes a teaching that might mirror something you would get in a classroom. I love the Word of God. And when I teach it in a classroom, I do it from a very passionate perspective. Nevertheless, I realize that, that such messages can sometimes become lost in the didactic itself or in the teaching lessons themselves. And I don't want to do that. I want, I want these to remain inspirational and encouraging. So with that said, would you look at John chapter 14 with me? I'm reading out of the Tree of Life version. Do not let your heart be troubled. This is verse 1. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Love that scripture. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Chapters 14 through 17, I think, are some of the most Trinitarian section of the Gospels themselves, and especially in the Johannine literature. These are very Trinitarian in the fact that there is a discussion that Messiah gives 
or offers us in where he speaks not only of he and the Father being one, but the, the Spirit coming from, from the Father, coming from himself to baptize us or to, to come along as a helper. And that word for helper, that idea of helper, is, is to come alongside and partner, is to come alongside and, and really lead. And I've thought of this in, in so many different types of experiences. How do, we, how do we trust the Holy Spirit to lead us in our prayers? How do we trust the Holy Spirit to lead us in our life and ministry? The key to that, I think, goes back to goes back to that prayer that is prayed every morning in Jewish homes and in, in, uh, Messianic Jewish homes as well, which is the Shema. Shema, in this case, meaning to hear with the intention of obeying. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Part of that prayer, of course, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. And this message in chapters 14 through 17 really are about that union with the Father and the Holy Spirit working with us. In fact, the scriptures in this section specifically speak to the fact that that the Father and the Son will make their abode in us, with us. That's a, that's a powerful statement. I would have to say that a part of my discipleship walk in this perspective, even in terms of maybe the most simplistic of terms of thinking of, of prayer and how I partner with the Lord in prayer, I think about the fact that there are many times that, that when I go to pray, I pray the desire that's on my heart, presupposing, maybe even assuming, that God has given that desire to me. And in many cases, that may be reality. That may be how we're to pray because of a desire that's been put in our heart. But it's important also to test the spirit in that. To say, is, is the end result of what I am praying for the furtherance of the kingdom of God, for the furtherance of his work, for the furtherance of his love abiding with us and in us and through us? Or is it simply for my own selfish enjoyment, absorption? Now, don't get me wrong. I believe, oh, I earnestly believe that the Father loves us. In fact, this, this section of Scripture is so powerful because in it we also read that Messiah says to us that he isn't bringing our prayer requests before the Father. This is interesting. He isn't bringing our prayer requests for the Father, uh, before the Father. And he says, I'm not doing that because the Father loves you. So it isn't just that Messiah loves us and wants to answer our prayers. It is that the Father loves us and wants to answer our prayers. 
and it begins it begins with this assurance that we're told to trust God. Messiah says, trust also in me. I think of the names of God at a time like this. I think of El Elyon um, in the sense that he is the God Most High, the Mighty God, the Almighty One. I think of the, the sense of there is nothing impossible for him. He holds all of creation in his hands. And we spend far too much time making him a much smaller God than he is. And we know that because he loves us, he breaks out of that, that box that we keep trying to put him in. So no matter what it is that we're facing, no matter what it is that we've been earnestly praying for, we know that we're told to trust God and to trust also in Messiah, who, by the way, according to Scripture, is the king of the kingdom. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. And these are all things that the Father has given to him. And we're reminded he is in the Father and the Father is in him. This is, this is seen because of one, of one of the disciples asking. One of the disciples, now this isn't Judas Iscariot, but, but one of Judas uh, asked the question. He says, when will we see the Father? Or show us the Father? And Messiah almost seems, now I, I don't believe he scoffs at it, but, but his response seems to be, How can you ask, and I'm paraphrasing, but how can you ask to see the Father if you've seen me? You've seen the Father. Now, this isn't to be misunderstood in saying that, that, that somehow the Father doesn't exist apart from Messiah, but they are one as well. So the question is, is does he exist apart from the Father? And, and then the answer could be no as well as yes. Because it's clear that Messiah served the Father. But he also says he is in the Father, and the Father is in him. And so that when we see what Messiah has done, we also see, we also see that the Father, what his desire to do is. Messiah was not, and some people view him incorrectly, is, is that he is in somehow somehow in opposition or rebellion to, to the created order of things. In reality, he is in right relationship to the Father in the created order of things, and he's trying to set things right, or he is setting things right according to what the Father desires. So when God says to us, truly through Jesus, who is Messiah, who is God, when he says to us, trust in God, trust also in me, he isn't, he isn't necessarily communicating a separation, and yet he is. He's saying that I and the Father are one, and yet I come to do the will of the Father. And I'm not going to intercede for you. It, it, now, he does, but, but understand this, that when it, comes to, when it comes to our prayers in partnership with the Holy Spirit, he is not interceding on behalf of, of our prayers to the Father, it's that the Father wants to do these things for us. What 
has happened is that Messiah has made a way so that the Father can hear our prayers and can respond. That's, that's, that's huge. That's huge. The Father desires to be near us. That's why he sent his son, so that we could be near him. I know I struggle with this a great deal, too. What is the Father's desire in the many things that I'm praying for? I mean, I want good things. I want good things. I want things that will advance the kingdom. I want things that will, that will heal people. I want things that will set people free. And that, I know, is the Father's will. That's his desire to do that. Sometimes in the minutia, the melee even, we may bring on what becomes selfish desires along with that, that we might use them for our own pleasure. And yet I want you to understand that it isn't that the Father doesn't want you to have pleasure in what he has created. in his order and in his season. He desires for us to have pleasure. He created the pleasure. But he's also created the right order and the right relationship for it to happen within. Hoping not to run over in this episode, but I am going to tell you a bit of a a bit of a story. I wasn't planning on it, but a bit of a story. And that is those who have experienced, and this has been, I think, at least in this season, a reoccurring theme that I have seen over and over again. Those who have experienced demonic oppression and harassment, or even damage from the demonic damage and hindrance from the demonic. Those who have experienced those things and have experienced the destruction and the damage, long-term damage in their heart and their emotions. I say those as if, as if I'm talking about other people. Listen, I'm talking about myself. I am. Because there is no one in, in this world, on this side of the fall, who has not experienced emotional damage. Who, is not, who, have, who have not experienced heartache and pain. And what we see in the scriptures is a, is a God who is capable to not only deliver people to deliver people of, of the demonic harassment and oppression and possession. But he's able to heal, even to the damage of the soul. <laughs> My friends, I... I'm speaking of myself, and I know, I'm, I know as I'm communicating this, I'm speaking of you. No one comes out of this 
unscathed. But what a good God we have who says, trust in me, trust in God. The Messiah says, trust in me also. Would you just with me reach out your hands to touch the hem of the garment of Messiah's cloak? And just say with me, Messiah, would you heal me? Because you are a good God. And I want to desire the things that you want me to desire. I want to bless the people you want me to bless. I want to be encouraged. And to encourage those you've called me to encourage. I want to thank you, God. For what you've given us. And that you are so trustworthy. Thank you, Messiah, for what you've given. Thank you that you've made a way that we can go right to the Father with our petitions. Heal my heart, Father. Heal the hearts of, and you may mention a name, you may lift up a name, of my friend and friends. Make us whole, God. That we might have our mind on the things of you, of your kingdom's will, and your kingdom, your will being done through your kingdom, and your authority, and your righteous right order. Heavenly Father, we trust you. Help us to put our faith rightly where it should be and our priorities there too. Messiah, our King, we trust you. Take our hearts. Take our souls. And bring healing. May our mind and heart be so intertwined with yours that you're glorified by our pursuits and our love for you. In your name, Messiah, I pray. Amen. Well, shalom, friends. I did run a little over, but I want to encourage you. Do not do not let uh, the, the little length of this uh, uh, cause you to, to forget any part. You'll be able to listen to it again if you would like. But I just pray blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Shalom to you, my friend. Righteous order and right relationship. Amen. <laughs>